Coming in live from Dr. Evil's Lair, or Reed's Distillery, you're on Too Many Jams. Show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those issues that seem to leave our age group lost and confused. And today, we are live on set at probably the nicest place that we've recorded yet. Probably the nicest place I've been to in my entire life. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, we are lucky enough that uh, Graham invited us. Uh, well, first of all, sorry, who do we have on our show today? Graham Reed, uh, a good friend of mine from camp. And the past year and a half, he has been working on opening up his own gin distillery with, uh, with his family. So uh, we are lucky enough today that he invited us to come over to the distillery to check it out a little bit as well as uh, have him on the show. So that's, that's kind of the, that's going to be the episode today. We wanted to talk about, talk to Graham about what he's been up to and all about the process of how Reed's distillery has come about. Yeah. So were you, uh, you were named after this distillery, right? Yeah. So distillery has <laughs> been around for about 200 years and my kids, <laughs> no, so this is, uh, yeah, been a bit of a family venture and uh, started off with, I guess, you know, my dad kind of throwing out the idea to me one day and I was working at the time and I said, that's a pretty cool idea. I like that. Uh, but I still have to work. <laughs> so I would kind of work with him through that. And then eventually we, we made the decision, okay, let's move this full time. And, and that's the biggest leap you can really make. But yeah, that was it for Well, us. I remember meeting you for the first time, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just happened to be on the same night that I was going to a whiskey tasting yeah. Um, near your place, and we hopped down there. We tasted whiskey, a bit of a prophecy, yeah. you know, to the future. Uh, yeah. We rode electric scooters and sk- we do you remember that yeah. <laughs> and bikes. And I can't stuff. forget that. That was a great experience. Um, <laughs> what else did they have? They had, uh, they had beer tastings too. Beer, they had oh yeah, yeah. Food, beer. food. They had, they had everything. Great it was great. Game. Uh, that was a fun I was night. That. And who knew that, like a year later, we'd be sitting in your building, about to yeah. do a taste test of your gin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we ate some food too, but yeah, that was. It, it was for it was a private moment. Yeah, it didn't need to be shared with everybody. <laughs> well, well, th- this episode's been a long time coming. Yeah, I, I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this to you a while back that you I did, wanted yeah. to have on the show, and I've mentioned this to you. Like we got to get Graham on, but uh, we were kind of waiting a little bit until the uh, the distillery itself was further along. So, yeah, we're it's, stoked to have you on the show today. Oh, I'm. I actually was thinking about this the other day. I thought oh, it'd be nice one day to to be able to actually sit down with you guys and talk through everything because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys always ask good questions and I feel like there's so much running through my head that I'm glad it could make it work. So. Yeah, you uh, you are definitely going to be a good guest just by virtue of you can chat, we can chat. That's step and one. He's like one of the most, he's probably... The, and you have stuff to chat about is what I was about to say yeah. with, with the stuff I've heard about you. So what we'll do is we'll start with a little gin tasting here. It's a good place to start. And then we'll talk about your whole story. And also, if you're watching the video from home, when he, when he describes some of the stuff, um, we'll cut to clips of us filming it after so you can visually yeah. see what's going on. And also, if you're watching at home, there is a bottle here of the uh, the gin. Yeah. Graham, do you want to describe it a little bit? A labor of love right over here. And uh, we kind of wanted to inspire our, our gin and the overall feel of the, the brand and the experience. 
uh, from the cocktail era. So we we pulled like from, Mad Men. Exactly. That nice That's what I'm model? saying. Yeah, Mad Men without all the nonsense is really what we were you know trying How nice to do. Is that? So. It's I like love it. it's like picture those in office like really thick glass uh, cocktail whiskey and like that type of jar that you'd see on Mad Men. He, he's done it with gin and it's girthy. Yeah, it's it's a heavy <laughs> bottle. It's uh, there's been there's been a lot in terms of designing that and we can get into that too, but. Every th- single step of this process has been longer than I ever imagined and harder than I ever thought. But you know, when you see the end result, you go, "Wow, that was it was it was worth it." So it's mm-hmm. important for us. So Reed's Distillery—that's mm-hmm. name. Reed's Distillery is the uh, the name of the distillery. Our main product is going to be Reed's Gin. Reed's Gin. Uh, okay. We're also going to have a bunch of different other gins available: uh, spicy gins, uh, citrus gins, uh, barrel aged gins, which kind of flirt with a bit of a whiskey. Uh, so we're we're playing with a whole realm of different products, but all right now under the gin. Uh, umbrella we we love gin and we want toronto to have a gin distillery so we we built it and so so the distillery is opening next weekend is its grand opening yeah yeah me <laughs> that just gave me anxiety yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no uh me i could feel that may 11th it's uh it's gonna be opening up so um that has been a long time coming in and of itself we've just been putting in a lot of resources to getting every little detail pulled together but we yeah. finally had to pick a date and we said hey you know what may 11th let's do it all right. Well, let's uh, let's, let's dive into let's some dive stuff. into this here. Yeah. So we've never done a gin tasting. Perfect. Perfect. Well, don't even know how it works. That's great. We've <laughs> we found that with a lot of people that we've worked with uh, coming in here, and we we do a little taste test with lots of people. Uh, gin's one of those things in Canada. It's not as common to be uh, seen us, you know, kind of diving into it as we do with whiskey and things like that. So we want to really bring that to the gin world for for Canada. Uh, right now, what I've done here is I've taken Reed's gin, just our original uh, yep. recipe. Uh, I've provided us with glasses of ice and on the side, tonic. And so typically when you order a gin and tonic, you get it all together. Um, we have seen in places in England and, and, and elsewhere where you receive it in separate components. You have your gin on the side, you have your ice, you have your garnish, and then you have your tonic water. And what that allows for is for you to develop and for you to determine what kind of gin and tonic you like. Because it's not all the same and sometimes you don't want your tonic water to overshadow the gin. So I'll take you guys through this and, and really it really starts with just take your gin and we've got it here in these little samples here. Um, I like this. And you just pour it on ice uh, and then you just kind of give it a taste with it on ice to start. Okay. Um, you can if you want. You can try just the gin by itself. I will say this. Gin is one of those spirits that it does open up with ice. So, okay. you know, if you Should guys Should we clear the melt? Yeah, you certainly can. We can, uh, we can just, you know, drink, it. drink that. A little citrus on the on that is re- already. Mm, even the melt is nice here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. so I'd say just feel free to pour it on, pour it in over ice and then give it a taste as is. To us. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, in terms so of the smooth. overall flavor, Dude. and that's. <laughs> is that alcohol i told you that was good <laughs> why didn't that rip my face open <laughs> right was i not bragging to you about this the other day how good this stuff was is that did the ice just do that to me was that a trick no nope, no that's, magician that's, sir that's our, i know right that's the the product that was one of our goals was like a lot of people have those experiences with gin where they're like yeah i drank gin when i was in high school and i hated it and yeah. they probably mix it with like orange juice or something that really wasn't meant to happen and we went, okay, we need to make this smooth. So we were working with pure winter wheat, which is a, um, 
Canadian winter wheat that we're using and it really makes it smooth right off the tongue. And then beyond there, the botanicals that we're using help further enhance that. We can get into that as well. No, um, like I'm blown, I'm like my mind's blown right now. I kind of want to try it in just the glass bottle. Like yeah. the just just as is. You, yeah, you cert- I, I don't believe that a gin could be that smooth. <laughs> you certainly can. I mean, I think that the reality of the uh, oh, is it hard to pour without like a funnel or something? It is, but we'll we'll give it a go. I mean, we can. Oh wow, you're an expert. There you go. No way. Same. No way. That, that just is that forty percent? Yeah, forty-two point two. More. <laughs> you always got to go a little bit more than 40, right? We all care about Stuck that. So. I'm not knees. acting. I'm not acting. That's that's good. Well, like proud. that just that flew down my mouth as easy as like yeah. uh, drinking a, a Nest tea. And you know how smooth those go down. <laughs> like you got your first customer. I think so, yeah. We've got a lot of well, I'm a gin customer. guy. That's why I was fired up. Perfect. I drink gin. Good, good. I, I, uh, I stick to Bombay because... I don't know much more. Yeah. I've had the beef feeder and the brokers. I loop back to Bombay, but even Bombay, every time I drink it, I get a little bit of, like a little. Yeah, yeah totally. The, the, yeah. the ethanol burn. It's, it's got that you can't harsh, ignore it, right? I've yeah. never felt any liquor, especially of 44%, go down with that 42. feeling. 42.2, sorry. And I'll also have flavor. Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. let's, sorry, let's keep going. Yeah, let's, no, yeah. you know, that's. I'm happy to hear that. I'm very, I'm, I'm very, I'm honored to hear that. So good, good. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. Even if it was bad, what I would have done is, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, and I would have told, I would have known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is really good. 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 Well, you've, you've, uh, you've done so much like trial and error over the last year and a yeah. half. How's your right? liver? Like, uh, <laughs> it's, but you know, you would think that the way we've gotten to this final product is through hours and hours of tasting with droppers. It's not even like you would expect uh, it to okay. be. It's so scientific uh, that at some point... You put those in your eye? <laughs> yeah, you right. Taste, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got you I now. I do not recommend that, nor do I condone <laughs> that behavior. No, um, and I can just, waste it on this stuff every night. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just been doing... You know, and we would sit down for two to three hours and just sample, sample, sample. And it, it, it was work. <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't sound like work, but at the end of it, you'd be tired. You'd want to sit down. You'd want to go, you know, eat. <laughs> but yeah, we... How many, we how many different... Uh, different types of batches, different kinds of gin. Do you think you made overall uh, before you came up to this one? It's a bit tough because we worked with individual um, distillates to get to this place. Yeah. So what we did is we took each botanical and we took probably close to 55, 60 different botanicals that you could use. Um, and we did everything. I mean, all the way from your typical household spices that you would find to rare um, Canadian botanicals that you need to be wild forged like we've we went through everything um i mean i i i did things that just weren't good you know we, yeah. we we've learned those lessons but we did yeah. individual distillates and then we took them we tried them all individually then we took them we blended them individually and at the end of that blending process we then went through rounds several different rounds of minor variances slight changes throughout that recipe development and each time you make a batch, are you using these full-size equipment? Or are you making small 
d- batches. Yeah. So for the recipe development stages, we were working with laboratory setup just because, you know, to be using a, a 400 liter still and learning, you know what? Cumin is not great. <laughs> <laughs> How big is your still, I remember dude? trying that. Yeah, the that, cumin the, the gin. One that you're just, like, you're throwing like, this cumin gin on me. You like filled my glass all the way up. <laughs> you know, we learned those lessons. It's like cumin yeah. gin is not good. Um, Anti-inflammatory and, though. You know, there's certainly <laughs> certainly that. Uh, Medicinal purposes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we were doing it on like uh, 100 milliliters scale. So we did micro batches constantly. Got all you. day long, we'd be doing three or four. So let's um, taste this. Yeah, should we get yeah. back into the tonic so, here? So yeah, we've, we've had the opportunity to taste it just on ice. It's kind of molded into the ice a little Keep bit this. now. Oh. Into the, to the ice a little bit now. So at this point, and I would encourage for, for those who in the future will be enjoying reeds at home to share or to, to pour in their, their tonic water, try it, and then pour in a little bit more until you find that sweet spot. Because everybody's got a different one. Cool. Oh, you guys went, okay. Yes. Yeah, it's really up to you. Some people do a half and half. Some people do like little dashes, but, you know. Like right there. For me, you can find still the, the, the taste of the gin. <coughs> Just down the wrong pipe. Yeah, Rob, Robbie's having some trouble there. Eh? Yeah, oh, it's smooth, but you can't breathe it. <laughs> I honestly, I put a splash. Nice. Yeah, and that's really, and that's where for us, when when people come on oh, site here so good. to the to the gin bar, we will be doing gin and tonics like this. Because, for example, for yourself, you don't need much tonic water, and we don't want to keep giving you something you're not satisfied with. We want to give you the gin and the garnish, and allow you to continue to make what you like. So. It's good because you get to realize what you actually enjoy in a t- you know, gin and tonic. So what I'm going to need to do here, um, love it. Now, good. Now going to drink a lot of it. So <laughs> the final step of my testing is, not tonight obviously, but I will get wasted off your gin. And, and I the know hangover's say, there for you. Don't worry. It won't what come is the in. hangover yeah. like? <laughs> was, uh, this feels a little too good to be true right now. Yeah, and no. it comes with no hangover. If, if, if I wake up after a night of booziness and has no hangover, I will quit everything I'm doing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know what? And become an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> and never stop drinking. Good. Well, that's, I mean, we want moderation, but uh, you can certainly go overboard and learn your lesson. But yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But uh, that is exceptional. Good. And I am curious to see what a hangover from an exceptional gin feels like. Well, the, the benefit of this is we aren't using any, you know, some of the, the gins that are more of a gin liqueur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see some out in the market produced uh, by Canadian distillers as well. They're actually lower percentage. They're around 37 and a half. And so they've got more sugar in them. And the sugar is what's going to give you that headache. So for us, we cut that out and go go with a higher proof. And is that kind of same with the tequila? Does it have a less sugar percentage? Is that why? I have no idea, dude. I don't know, but you, you seem to. You seem I enjoy to talk uh, about. Blanc, te- tequila blanco. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just buy something like Casamigos and above, mm-hmm. and only drink it with soda or water, I find you're a superhuman. Yeah, well, that's going to be your sugar, right? Tonic water has a lot of sugar too. So yeah. if you want to achieve that superhuman status, I would just say minimize your tonic water. I would do water, this with soda. With the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And gin and soda is often quite nice too. A guy was saying, uh, this mixologist at the bar I work at was saying the other day that tonic water is like the fattiest or most sugar uh, 
pop behind the bar that you have actually pretty, pretty much it's right in line with coca-cola yeah so <laughs> you know if and we don't think about that we often think oh this is a light drink so for us mm-hmm. we, we're drinking with a full full strength tonic water uh but we do have light tonic water available yeah. for those who are looking for something a little bit more enjoyable. did you know that coca-cola still imports coca leaves or whatever like the cocaine leaves are and they chemically remove the drug component and still use their leaves in the I do not know that. Yeah. So what do they do with it when they remove it? I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming they, they goes it goes up. like medical like exp- like you know how like they still have medical cocaine for some reason. Right. Coca Cola is the, <laughs> the back end of that apparently. Um I, I was watching this YouTube video on some guy who wanted to make the original Coca Cola recipe mm-hmm. and he was talking about how it was like he started with like high he starts with high proof alcohol and you put in a bunch of essential oils and I skipped ahead to this part to see if he put cocaine in it so I don't know the rest <laughs> but did he but he had a coca leaf but he's like and then I was like you motherfucker and he's like Jake jokes like it's not legal to have these but coca-cola does import them and chemically removes the drug component and still uses them to bitter wow yeah interesting huh. um don't quote me on anything I say, but hey, I did I mean, watch it on YouTube. It's now on a podcast too, so that's <laughs> two sources that I can quote. <laughs> yes, uh, very true. But anyway, sorry to distract. Let's uh, let's get back to. Or did you well, else? I was going to say like if if we've kind of introduced this enough, mm-hmm. you're a guy with a really cool story. Is it time that we like kind of loop back? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We dive back. Yeah, um, go for it. So let's go back on a journey. Um, Twenty for- years ago, you're a I- young boy. I think something cool to talk about is uh, I always I feel like I always bring this up with you, but you lived on a boat for three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were younger, I did. Yeah, and I like that you always bring it up because I don't think about it too often. And I think about it every night before every, I go to I bed. I hope you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it my current self or like my like nine ten year old self? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I only know you as this, so when I imagine it every night, it's you. Yeah, like a step, that makes sense. like a stepbrother scenario when yeah. they're it they're wasn't sailing far with off, the parents. <laughs> Yeah, we we were we were uh, yeah not far off from that experience. No, it was it was it was a wild experience. It was one of those times where my dad just and my mom kind of brought it up to to me and to the rest of the family. And said, "Hey, this is what we want to do." I was nine years old, I think, or maybe eight at the time, and I was just like, "Sure, it sounds great. Whatever, live on a boat. I don't care." Um, I didn't really know what that meant until like a year and we're sailing through or in South America. It's like, oh, this is living on a boat, and and then since then, I. You know, it's certainly shaped um, my perspective on, on life and what's possible and what's, you know, we were told by many people, don't do that. That is absolutely the craziest thing you can do. You know, there's going to be such challenges that you'll never expect. So glad we didn't. In fact, on our, our product, it's uh, distilled by family, inspired by adventure. And that's our, our tagline. And that's where it came from, was just like living that life of constant adventure, really you know so radical so how big was this boat it was pretty big it was a 60 foot sailboat so so i i rented a 67 foot houseboat so i can imagine the size here still not like if you got some big seas like you're not ca- like you're like that's not a yeah it's it's intense like you get <laughs> fucked up <laughs> with there, there yeah, some scary yeah. nights oh yeah yeah for sure um yeah. you know i remember there was some I remember being off the coast of South America and, and my mom and dad, I, I really appreciate how much work they put into understanding the risks. Um, but there was some where we were on the edge of a hurricane and the waves were 20 foot falls mm-hmm. and we're, you know, losing sight of my dad who's at the helm and I'm strapped in. You, know. you guys self sailed like you didn't have a, a captain or anything? No. Yeah. No, no captain. Just, just us. And, uh, 
you know, we had, we had had experience sailing. Uh, we certainly dove in headfirst and learned very quickly what it's like to go out into the Atlantic for a week, things like that, you know. This is nuts. I, yeah. I just picture like that scene in uh, The Perfect Storm. <laughs> that's what I'm wave. picturing yeah but you're like nine and you're like, <laughs> yeah yeah and you don't understand you're just like my dad says I'll be okay I think I'll be okay yeah yeah nine-year-olds are indestructible <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. you would have been okay yeah I would have bounced around a bit I, you, I see yeah, nine-year-olds destroy nine. themselves all the time <laughs> and they just bounce right back up yeah and how long were you out for just just shy of three years so two and a half years yeah and what kind of regions? Like, where'd you start? Where'd you stop? Like, if you could summarize it. Yeah, we we initial plan was let's go around the world. Uh, very quickly, you realize you can race around the world and see everything quickly, or you can take your time and enjoy every experience. So we went down the eastern uh, the eastern coast of the United States um, in like fall, which is a good time to go when it's not enjoyable weather. It's cold and it's rainy and it's mm-hmm. snowing. And then we uh, and then went down through all the Caribbean islands. We pretty much hit most of the Caribbean islands for a week to two weeks at a time. And then uh, jumped down to South America, spent about three or four months in South America. And then we came back up. And eventually, as you know, time goes on, you eventually go, okay, we can't keep doing this at some point. You know, you need to, to work. So not mm-hmm. me. I wasn't nine. You're nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, nine-year-old Graham wasn't like, oh, I got to get back yeah, to work. Like, I got to work, guys. <laughs> it's been too long. I got a wife and kids. Yeah. killing me. The mortgage payments, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, were on, you were on the boat for quite a while. You, uh, you were homeschooled, and then uh, you came back to Toronto. And, um, got your land legs back. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you were, sorry, when you were on these boats, did you... Did, when you visited a place, would you go into town for the majority of the day or would you live ma- mainly on the boat? I mean, your home was the boat. Um, if you were in somewhere, larger cities were havens for us. You know, a while we could go and grocery shop, which was great. Yeah. We would spend a day going grocery shop, things like that. You ever fish? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot, lot, of, lot, lot of, of fish. A lot of fishing. Huge mahi-mahi, things like that that... You know, then I tried fishing in the St. Lawrence a couple of years ago, and I was like, okay, this is fun, but where's my six-foot mahi-mahi? Yeah. Um, I know. was catching bigger <laughs> when I was nine. Yeah, exactly. It's been hard <laughs> to come back from that. But no, you know, and, and that was something that, you know, just you catch a fish, you eat it that night. You mm. know, I can, I can understand why people fish. I don't have the patience unless I'm like, you know, really taking a big fish in. Do you see a lot of plastic out there? I've been hearing things. Yeah, you know what? That's <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like I I've heard that too. I've heard <laughs> lots yeah. of plastic. Um, no, but I, I as a kid, like yeah, you would see shipping containers floating. You'd see tons of stuff floating, <laughs> like abandoned boats and stuff. Like it's really, an ocean. Eh? It's an ocean of stuff, right? Um, you know, but you would and some of the things would you would think were garbage, and they would be a big fish just basking in the sun, and then it would just swim away. So it was, you know, yeah. So, so there's some ugly fish out there. Oh yeah. You ever seen any sirens? Any <laughs> krakens? Some krakens? Yeah. No, uh, no, no, not a single one. What about pirates? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> off of um, coast of Venezuela. We were sailing at nighttime, and now we didn't see the the pirates, but this was an area that was known to have pirates. Yeah. Um, um. And like real pirates, <laughs> not not the ones we envision, you know, with uh, big sailboats, but more like a powerboat. Just criminals. Like, yeah, straight up criminals. <laughs> guys, yeah. I had met somebody uh, in Trinidad who had been shot in the leg. And this was a nine-year-old. I'm playing basketball with this this man. And he's like, I like point because he's got a big scar on his leg. And he was like, yeah, I was shot in the leg by a pirate. Yeah, by Redbeard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like modern day Redbeard. It was like, oh. So we, we had a bit, of a, a bit of a confrontation where we saw them coming towards us on our radar. We shut off all our lights, changed course, and then they went to where we were, and then they 
they couldn't find us and then they went back ashore because they're in smaller boats so they can't really yeah. go into the waves it's it's like cool you had waves. radar though that's dope yeah super helpful yeah <laughs> radar <for> yeah <laughs> who knew radar for the win I, I wasn't expecting that you know but um okay sorry sailing amazing yeah the general feeling you got from it is that it changed your kind of perception that normal is normal and that's the only way to do it sort of deal yeah and that w- if you want to do something just just do it. Your parents yeah. were just like, fuck it. I'm sailing. <laughs> yeah. How many kids? Sorry. <laughs> three kids. So I got three kids. Oh, I shouldn't do this <laughs> later skaters. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sailing with my three kids. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay. So you get back, you get back to life and you're at school. What were you going to ask here, Rob? Um, I was going to, well, I guess we can jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Grant, you grew up in Toronto. Yeah. You went to school at Ottawa in Ottawa yeah uni and uh, you were quite involved in the beer world for a little bit you yeah. ran this beer blog and I remember it had quite a quite a palette for beers as well yeah yeah I think I was like uh, I would have been 19 and I decided you I better have been I yeah <laughs> well I was certainly younger when I started <laughs> no I think um, yeah I was 19 when I decided to like I decided at that point to bike across Canada and visit breweries. Sorry, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of those, like, you know, get on a bicycle. He's gone down to, like, California and, like... Yeah, I did... Well, on first, a motor bicycle. No, I. you know what? I, I wish. It would have been way easier you, and a lot quicker. You t- basically Forrest Gumped it. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump pretty much. I mean, I didn't have the beard. I was, I was like, 19. You know, mm-hmm. and even now, I don't think I could pull that but off. But you went across but, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I did... Uh, well, first... So it was kind of a weird story. So I was like 19 or 18 at the time. And I was like, I'm going to go bike out to Vancouver or sorry, to Halifax and work minimum wage job. That was my, I was like re- rebelling. You know, that's what I, my dad's like, well, why don't you just go across Canada? I was like, they're very different things, man. <laughs> like, Most dads would be like, why? <laughs> Your dad's like, uh, you're going to go to Halifax, just go across Canada, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, okay, I guess I should do that. So that was, uh, and so I planned that and I was planning it. And then I get a call from a good friend and my, my god brother who had been training for the Olympics. And he was like, I'm, I'm have had it up to here with the stress. I want to bike down the West Coast of the United States. Do you want to join me? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm going across Canada. Like, that's my plan. Like, <laughs> and I decided, all right, I went out for all you can eat sushi. We had a good eat. I was like, all right. I'll give it. you enough energy exactly. for a coaster. After that, I was Honestly, like, I'm ready. Yeah. You know? Day one, I learned, no, I can't compete with an Olympic athlete. Not even, not even close. Could he, you have a rope on him? I and, wish. No, no, I would draft behind him sometimes. Okay. But he was, he was a monster. He would just crush it. And so that opened my eyes to like the East Canada to Mexico was the, the run we first did. And it was hilly, man. A lot of the coast man yeah that's Coastal what motors highway. were invented for i know like man. there was a time where people didn't even have motors i know and they were nuts. like this is hard work so yeah. they invented them i know and they had horses <laughs> <laughs> even that was hard work they're like we need the horses are tired i know and i thought man the amount of times i thought about that just you're, you're going up a big hill you're like oh well, now older. they have those e-bikes. You could have done a hybrid. I feel like journey. I feel like that's where I might get to when I'm older. Yeah, you know, just e- I won't tell anybody. E-bikes yeah. and e-cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> ripping. You don't have to worry <laughs> about your cardio. You're fake pedaling. You're like, ooh, it's like, it's like also charging your jewel from the bike. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you went, you went Canada, Mexico, and then right after cross Canada. In, in, in conjunction. Yeah, like, well, I, I took uh, two months off to work at American Apparel in St. Louis to save up money. Shout out to American Apparel. I'm not surprised they're out of business. Cause that no, was, that was a fuck show? <laughs> yeah. 
No. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we could spend all day talking about it. I'd that. be surprised if St. Louis went out of business because I love St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, St. Louis is a staple in, in my diet, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went there twice last week. <laughs> okay, so you, maybe your traveling as a child and like just seeing your parents' willingness to do it opened up your mind that you could do something like that because I would never have thought. It just wouldn't have crossed my mind. No, same with me. I just It just wouldn't have been like, oh, that's an option. But mm-hmm. you biked. And you just stayed at what hostels and no, I mean on the on the west coast camped. camped, yeah, and then across Canada it was like hardly camping. It would just be like end of the night, find a place for a quick shelter, crash, get up and ride. And it was it was a learning lesson that just because you can do something in an extreme fashion doesn't mean you should. You should enjoy right. the process. You know, saying oh I biked across Canada, it's like oh cool, but how many days were you tired and you know just like drained to yeah. zero? You know, nobody asks that. Like, like, how many hours a day would you bike in the entire day? Eight to 12, yeah. Would be typical. Crazy. Yeah. Some, it, some days longer, for sure. I did a 36-hour ride to finish. It was brutal. I lost my mind. To finish the cross Canada? Yeah, yeah. To get into Vancouver. Do you have shredded quads, at least? Oh, I did, yeah. I, I was <laughs> ripped, ripped at jeans. the time. Yeah, I was ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is, this is nuts. Okay, so you're on these journeys. Was this just a mental toughness thing, or was this uh, an escape? Were you were you deferring something? Like, what do you think the philosophy of these journeys were? Yeah, I think certainly both. Like, it was a bit of a an escape of like you you start to understand the spectrum of what the world can be like as you get become closer to an adult, and you hit these points, these milestones, and I think we all have them individually. And they're often quite personal, but they're these milestones of, of, oh, wow, this is what the world can be like. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And oftentimes, I don't know if I like that. And so for me, it was, what do I know I like? I know I like biking. Okay. How can I find my strength in that? And so for me, it was also, it was about beer. I didn't like what Molson Canadian and Budweiser were doing at the time. How dare you? They were buying, I, you know what? <laughs> they were buying up all the small breweries and closing them down. Now they've since switched where they now buy them up and keep them open. But okay. at the time they were buying them and shutting them yeah. down. And so this that was really your protest. Me. Yeah, it was a bit of like, well, I want to go meet these brewers. And that's and warn them. It. You're like, you're <laughs> yeah. on the bike. You come down the road. You're like, they're coming. Yeah, rather than the British are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Molson is coming. But you, did you big, have a beard? Uh, a bit of a scraggly 19-year-old beard, you know. Wow. For, yeah. for as long as I know, I've known you, you've been like, You've always been like that, to like always very explorational in uh, in your nature, like even sexually. Yeah, like like like, like you, you just. You, <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about that. I thought it was yours and mine secret. <laughs> they went to an all boys camp, was it? <laughs> just kidding. I've heard nothing. I'm just assuming. Uh, but but yeah, that's 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 part of who you are. Is uh, you kind of do things and explore, and there's n- there's no real boundaries mm-hmm. for you, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you learn them. There are. <laughs> there are certainly physical boundaries at times. Yeah. But yeah, it's important to kind of keep going without them. So w- coming away from these trips, you, you kind of, you come back. Did you have a new degree of mental discipline? Did you have, were you a different man? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah? I don't know if it was like a good mental discipline. It was like, I realized how like brute force and toughness and just grinding your teeth can get through something. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like enjoy something, and that took me a while to get to. Was like, it's a nut. You can you can push yourself through it, but you know, it was only a couple of years later that I was like, no, it's not about how tough I can be or how strong. You know, no, it's about like, did I enjoy that experience? Right, and finding that happiness there. 
Interesting. Okay, so you return. Sorry, did you have something to say, Rob? Uh, no, no. I was just gonna like keep uh, keep it, it trucking. Yeah, yeah. Keep it rolling. So, uh, you come back and you're. Yeah, load me up, dude. Yeah. Round two. Boom. You literally <laughs> farm that so hard. <laughs> it's, it's a, a, it's a, a heavy bottle. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've been you've been working in Toronto for I, I mean I guess we're fast forwarding a little bit here but you've been working in Toronto the last couple of years doing marketing yeah uh, with Toyota it was right uh, it would have been or with agencies so I worked yeah. with several different agencies for a while that's fucking so good and dude. Um, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. and then uh, it kind of what we're back to what we were talking about at the beginning how your dad brought this idea forward mm-hmm. about starting the distillery and mm-hmm. you guys just kind of went for it. Yeah, it was, so yeah, at the time I was working with an agency that really taught me a lot. I I didn't realize until I got into this how much I learned from that experience, but um, I was working, you know, eight to eight days kind of thing and it was, it was a long, exhausting time and my dad sent out an email one day just being like, these are all my business ideas and like everything you could imagine, you know. And one of them at the very bottom was like gin distillery. And I was like, that's interesting. I don't know of many distilleries. I don't know of any real gin distilleries outside of a couple. So I thought, okay, we talked about it. And, and I used to get up around six in the morning to sit with him and talk to him for a couple hours every morning. And then I would come back from work and sit and talk with him until about 11 o'clock at night. And well, cause your roommates too. Yeah, we were living together at the time and, and uh, it was, it was a really cool experience as well in terms of like a father relationship where you change from being like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, I'm your son, you're my father to like, we're roommates now. And then the second step was, okay, now we're working together. And, and eventually I said to him, he said, I'm going to do this uh, with or without you. <laughs> he yeah. said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hire people. I said, well, okay, let me know and, and I'll quit my job. So I quit. And since then it's just been full time, crazy crazy ride so have you ever had a did you ever have a moment in those years working where you contemplated your path and your happiness and like kind of like those 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 questions like what am I going to do long term or am I happy here or like what's my passion did you ever have those constantly yeah I would say I was never (laughs) never satisfied um and that sounds you know a little bit intense but I think every day that I would be working it would be like what else could I be doing with my time and that's where it took me a while to look back and go, wow, look at all the things I learned during that time. But at the time it was always, I want more, I want more, I want to do more. Um, so yeah, it was tough because I, I think we all kind of go through that where you're, you're doing your daily grind and it's tough to think to yourself, is this me succeeding in the future? Is this my vision of myself in the future? And it might not be what you envision for yourself in five years, but oftentimes it's what you need to do to get there. Yeah. As long as you keep, you know, I was, you know, shout out to my old job, but I was always applying for other places. You know, I would, I would never stop. It was always, you know, thanks for keeping me in a flow, but you're <laughs> always on the back burner. Yeah. You always got to keep pushing forward. Right. So well, that uh, lack of satisfaction, like is something I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it a bunch on the podcast, but I definitely talk about it all the time where it's, it's a weird concept because I'm a happy, satisfied person that's never satisfied. If you know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I completely get it. Like I can be sitting here and be like, I'm satisfied. I'm happy. And mm-hmm. then like deep down, I'm like, there's like this guy inside me being like, you know, what's coming. <laughs> like you can do so much more. Yeah. And it's just like, it's there with everything. And 
it's good and bad. Like it's also, it gives me neuroticism a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's the reason why I keep going every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just don't know if that's a universal thing or if it's just something common and people that tend to branch out like this. So mm-hmm. in the distillery age mm-hmm. right now, has that, how has that satisfaction been feeling? It gets overwhelmed with the constant reality of what you're pursuing. I find now I'm at a place where it used to be, I'm worried I'm not achieving my fullest potential. Mm. And now my worry is I don't know if I have enough hours in the day to, to, to make sure I can sustain the, the potential. Does that make sense that it, yeah. that it, for me, it switched to like, you know, working here, here, you know, early morning to late evening, sometimes all night, just, just to keep it going because you know that you can keep it going and it's you. And, and when it's you and you alone and there's nobody else to fall back on, it became that reality of like, you know, what else am I going to do with my time? If it's not trying to push my business to a successful place, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I shouldn't be doing anything else. And it's hard to take a break then. So yeah. it's like that, that satisfaction mechanism is kind of like, you don't have enough time to even worry about if, if it's like how it's feeling. Like you're, you're, you're working in an area that you enjoy to the point where it's not like stabbing you in the side going, you hate this, you hate mm-hmm. this. And you're so focused with the success of this and the passion of this, that it hasn't even been, something you think about when you go to bed you're thinking about that next problem or like how you're going to get over yeah. that and even if you're not thinking about it it's you're being reminded of it but you're enjoying this work oh yeah i mean the, i couldn't think of anything more gratifying uh setting a big goal and then dealing with the challenges plus right? uh, plus you're working with your dad your brother and your sister mm-hmm. who are all part of the distillery as well mm-hmm. and uh I can, nepotism I can, eh <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah uh to your comment there i can imagine how satisfying that would be because I remember being here um, a year and a year and a bit ago, or whenever it was, uh, when you first purchased the space, mm-hmm. and uh, how empty and rugged, and mm-hmm. how much work it probably looked like it was going to be, and then walking in here today mm-hmm. and seeing how amazing the the place has become, and like what you've done with it, and it's all just come together so nicely for you guys within about a week and a half or so of finally opening the doors with like a fantastic product it just it must be super thrilling yeah you, you know? know there's the thrill and then there's the reality that there's always a next next thing coming and that's you know take the time to enjoy that that success but then there's <laughs> don't get too comfortable because something's coming right up as soon mm-hmm. as you get comfortable do you want to describe <clears throat> what we can do is i'll take video clips after mm-hmm. but do you want to kind of describe this place to you and, and how, how it came together, you know, um, like, you know, the, what this used to be, what's mm-hmm. there now and, and what's going on kind of behind us here. Yeah, for sure. So the space actually, I mean, long time ago was the lighting factory. Now it, uh, we, we took it over. It used to be the old CrossFit Toronto and it was, mm-hmm. um, so it, a lot of sweat. Yeah. A lot of sweat on the walls and like <laughs> we, it took, took a long time to scrape the place down, paint the place. Like, you know, you think, Everything is three times longer than you ever imagined. Um, so it was an empty, empty warehouse, pretty much. Um, we, we had a vision for a cocktail bar, a retail area for people to come and purchase product. Uh, the cocktail bar for people to kind of lounge, enjoy that cocktail experience. It's you know something we don't see a lot of, but we wanted to try and bring that back. And then a large portion of the, the facility is going to be for the manufacturing of the gin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had never imagined the 
little details that needed to go in for that to happen. Uh, oftentimes when people come in, the first thing they notice are the aesthetic things. You know, oh, the, the plants or the walls or the furniture. Those are the easiest things to, to solve. <laughs> it's the fire code. It's the building code. It's, it's all of those things that you have no idea about that you then have to learn about. So for the distillery, we wanted to make sure that it was open enough to really showcase the equipment uh, and as well allow for proper tours and people to engage with what our product is. Um, and then, you know, there's beautiful equipment, so we wanted to make sure that was front row center. And then on the um, retail side, just make sure it was spacious enough, but lush and, and represents kind of the, the brand. So we're, we're in the kind of uh, events and chill cocktail area. There's nice seats all around, nice plants, some guitars, chess, music, nice lights, a big kind of half circle bar. Mm -hmm. um, and this was all just warehouse before you installed all this. Yeah, everything. Like I laid all the flooring, painted all the ceilings. Like the only thing we didn't do was build the glass wall. Um, and I could probably think of another couple of things. But. You laid all the flooring yourself? Yeah. Yeah, that was so you've it's it's crazy you've really been a part of every single every single thing and i can tell you all the in here. power yeah. lines where they're not that i ran them that's the other thing we had a you know obviously an electrician do that but mm -hmm. every little detail i i unfortunately now know <laughs> and it just it's like a huge amount of space in my brain is taken up with that so, so you'd be you'd be an asset for anyone trying to open up any sort of new restaurant or distillery um, you know, like in, it, it, I mean, maybe down the road in some sort of consulting way, like you could guide, fully guide someone on how to do this. You know what? I, because I've you never know, thought about that. I've well, yeah, thought. you always got to think about that, dude. Yeah. Cause then you get just, you don't get, you don't have to do anything. Anymore. I know. I you, give them a report. You get paid to tell <laughs> yeah. people what to do. Um, so we have this whole glass wall here and then mm -hmm. in behind us, we'll, we'll, we'll cut to some clips of it, but what's the basic distillation process and what are some of like the units that we're seeing here? Yeah. So the main equipment that brings it, um, into, to this gin form. So typically you take, uh, your, your grain, you make wort, which is what we see in beer. Mm -hmm. the difference is, is you ferment that to about 12% and then you bring it to your, those, uh, copper vessels there and you distill it. And what that does is it just kind of heats it up to a point that it, the ethanol evaporates before the um, water. Is the wort made here or do you bring it in? Wort's made here. Okay. Yep. Everything's everything's made So here. step one, make the wort yep. and that is... Occurs right over there in your mash tun. Over there in the mash yeah. tun, okay. You transfer it over and, and at that point it's your ferment. You've, you've put yeast in there and it goes for about four or five days, six days depending on the activity and it goes up to about 12%. Uh, it depends on how much um, grain you put in. And then now you transfer it over to your distillation equipment and you run it from about 12% to about a 96%. And that's just in each column on that tall copper piece there, re-evaporates and, and condensates. It's constant evaporation and condensation and awesome. that brings the percentage up. Okay, so then 96%, what's, how does it come back down? So then we will- Water? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we've got uh, good quality water that we like to then we'll dilute it down um we do a second run with our botanicals to produce the gin and then after that we will water it down again and at that point that's our final product. so the second run so you take this 96 percent water it down to about 43 45 run it again not to the same 96 percent but to about 80 and we do with that botanicals with in botanicals. the water like you put them and in, then in the gin yeah or in the, uh. in the uh in the the at that point it's your your um base spirit okay yeah and then you run it again and, and then you water it down and then you water it down exactly something we didn't talk about yet uh but 
also Graham applied for school uh, like a year ago or whatever to become like to like learn all this stuff and he's like still taking courses I believe Mm -hmm. to become the actor so not only like did he like help creating this whole place construction and stuff he's actually like learning about the whole mixology and like how to make gin Mm -hmm. like a full-time course how did you find a gin it's not gin gin specific it's actually uh, distillation master distillers so it's doing my masters in distillation and brewing um so this really changed the trajectory trajectory of your life yeah, in, in a way, I'd always, you know, I'd been involved in the beer scene, as Robbie was mentioning, in around 2011, I worked at some breweries. Um, I always wanted, you know, Niagara College had a, a good program that I wanted to go to. I didn't end up doing that. Um, but yeah, when, when I decided that this was what I was going to do, I thought about all the limitations, and I thought one of the largest ones was just knowledge on the overall process. I had made a lot of beer in my life, um, done some distilling, but I definitely didn't have the... Uh, the ability at that time to produce on such a large scale. So yeah, still working through that, but uh, you know, you have to try and prioritize what needs to get done when, and I've had to put a couple courses on hold, but I'll be picking them up. Wow. That's, that's insane. Um, I know you got to go here really soon. Yeah. Um, My last couple questions. Mm -hmm. First of all, huge props, good product. That was not a lie. I don't blow smoke unless I mean it. Um, Really impressive that you, when hearing that story, mm-hmm. you make it seem like it's not remarkable. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, just the fact that you just dove in and d- not once were you like, oh my God, like I had to do this and all that. You just like, I'm just going to pick up my master's in distillation. And yeah. <laughs> there was times though that I was. <laughs> um, yeah. But just the way you tell it so casual, what I wanted to know is where can like have you gone through the process of like how does one bring a gin into the lcbo into toronto yep and uh have you gone through the process where is it going to be found when is it going to be found and how can um people get it including myself Mm -hmm. uh and hopefully even if we can get it on the pod um so i can drink it eternally Um, (laughs) but yeah i wanted to know that stuff so yeah so in terms of getting the product available uh outside of uh, or to the lcbo uh we work with them it takes a little while Uh, they do seasonal purchasing and large batch purchases Mm -hmm. um we're working with them we will be in available in the lcbo we are not right now and we will not be on may 11th for may 11th we'll be available on site uh, at our location, 32 Logan. So and people then, <laughs> can retail purchase it <laughs> yes. at 32 Logan. Yes, they can, yeah. And then online as well. Uh, we are working with other uh, vendors. We haven't confirmed anything yet, but we'll look to have our product available elsewhere. Oh, they elsewhere. can order it from you guys online? Yes, yeah. So if we have a, will, will that be by May 11th? Yeah, I don't imagine not, yeah. So yeah, okay. May 11th, it should be available. So, so we'll put the date in the show notes. Oh, sorry, not the date, the website in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that's a great call. For any uh, any listeners that want to pick and, up And uh, yeah, like... Highly recommend. Uh, I wasn't kidding. It's it's insane. It's it's smooth. It's there wasn't that burn. There wasn't yeah. that. It's got uh, flavor to it. You could taste it. As far as gin is concerned, normally it's paint thinner. It's like Christmas tree, <laughs> and I still don't mind that. But from like a palateless guy, I can tell the difference just by the, the sheer experience of it going through my body without like violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the goal, right? We did, we wanted that. Take that off the table. <laughs> When when will it be available in the LCBO? I can't confirm that right now. Yeah, can't I, confirm yeah, or deny. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish I could tell you an exact yeah. date, and that's a part of the reality. You kind of have to deal with the, uh, yeah. some uncertainty in all of this. So. Yeah, I feel like uh, anything in the sort of restaurant world or uh, distillery, 
um, brewery, there's always tons of hoops you got to jump through in terms of licensing and certifications yeah. with the government. Yeah, like all know? levels of the government. Yeah, <laughs> you so know, it's not. It's it's very uh, very up in the air all the time. So. Yeah, we're we're hammering around most of that now. We we now the LCBO relationships just one that we uh, got to go through the steps. I think so, they just yeah. have to try it. Yeah, and that's the, <laughs> that's the goal, right? Yeah. Um, any any last words? Any piece of advice uh, for people in their general twenties? Uh, something you can think of, or or anything that's kind of been like your guiding philosophy? Yeah, distilled it, down. <laughs> yeah, distill it down. I think <laughs> if you've got something that, um, regardless of whether others around you see your vision, if you see your vision, uh, throw it out there you know don't get discouraged by some people who might not understand it or see it continually put out what you want in life uh and then you know a closed mouth doesn't get fed always ask there's nothing wrong with hey can i get this can this help me out and and a lot of that is you just got to have some confidence that i'm going to get turned down sometimes people are going to say no to me sometimes but that's okay because then there's going to be those couple people who say sure and that's going to make the difference mm-hmm. stellar awesome as Still well, before we go, anything we missed about the distillery that you want to mention info? to our no, followers? No, great. I'm so glad to have you guys here because it's nice to be able to show the space to you guys as, as friends, um, but then also to all the listeners. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, so it's nice to kind of have this ability to be like, I envisioned this day. I thought there would be a day you guys would come Absolutely. in here. Absolutely. I envisioned this day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we made it come Every night so. before bed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously you have to run it by uh, your partners and stuff, but we're hoping that we can get reads on the podcast uh, as well as Matt's beer because we're just booze guys. And <laughs> It'd be too good not to. It, it, this is, I'm not kidding. Like, I was blown away by that. Um, so it would be nice to, we can rep it all the time and- We've been talking about maybe uh, future partnerships with the space going forward. So I'm sure we can do a lot of that. And cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for coming yeah. on, for having us. Thank you guys and, for coming in. And May 11th, for anyone that's listening that wants to grab a bottle themselves or come check out the distillery, that's the date that uh, the door is open. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cheers to that too. Thanks, guys. Cheers. cheers. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Lay back. Some sequence gene. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now this type of shit happens all the time. You gotta